This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights, ground and pound, rear naked jokes. Plug your ears if you aren't interested. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. Because coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this could happen to me. Plucked from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the opportunity presented itself. So I see the door was open. It's the breath of fresh air that I needed. Just an average dude. And now I've become a catalyst. Make connection between fighters and fans. Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it. Analyst analysis. Studied the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist. Building up the hype before a fight that's ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness as we collaborate. Mikey Ruckus, Jeremy Brand, as we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans, and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision, and yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, All right, folks, we are back. Another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I'm your host, as it says in the theme song, Jeremy Brand. The man with the plan. I am the man in action and the man in charge of this episode of Sucker Radio. Um, as always, we have a good one for you. You know, I say that each and every week. I will tell you who my guest is right now. No, the guy is not an MMA fighter. But he does, he has trained with some of the best. This guy has trained with... Jose Aldo, he's trained with all of the Nova Uniao guys. He's trained back in Holland with the kickboxers. He's a local sensation, 21 years old, fighting for glory kickboxing. His name is Josh Johnson. This guy will join the show a little later. But joining me right now to break down UFC 180 and do a little live unpopular opinions, MMASucker.com's own Justin Pirro. Justin, thanks for joining me, man. Hey, glad to be here. And you know what? Johnsy's a great get. I remember watching that kid on local uh, fight cards. He, I knew he was going to be something. And to see him now in glory, that's just, it's awesome. It is so cool. This guy, I mean, the sky's the limit for what he has to bring. We saw after the weekend, he won by knockout on Friday night. And as of today, he's now ranked number 11 in the world at lightweight for kickboxing, which is amazing. And he's, and when I say a kid, I mean, it. I mean, he's 21 years old. Think of how much, think of how high the ceiling is for him with all those years left he has to develop before he hits his peak. No kidding. No kidding. Well, now, as we said, it is fight week UFC 180 this weekend. That's not the only action going on this weekend. We have three cards, World Series of Fighting, um, Bellator, as well as UFC. Are, do you think these other promotions are crazy for holding the event on the same night as the UFC? We talked about this in the past. Everyone has spoken about this, saying, you know, Bellator and World Series of Fighting are crazy. But this was when Cain Velasquez was in the main event. And this was when Diego Sanchez was on the card. We now have an interim title fight, which is fun because, I mean, yes, it's Fabricio Vertum and Mark Hunt who can throw down. And the co-main event is Jake Ellenberger versus Kelvin Gastelum. But... It's not the same as what it was. So do you think that Bellator and World Series of Fighting have a little more play here than they did originally? 
A little bit, yes. World Series of Fighting, aren't they running in the afternoon before the UFC card, though? I mean, if that's the case, then they're fine. That's a great idea. Yeah, it is a little bit earlier. I'm sure uh, people will catch that a little earlier, yeah. And if they can, we'll watch the Justin Gaethje, Melvin Gillard fight. Gaethje is a great lightweight prospect, and I expect the UFC to be knocking on his door once his World Series of Fighting contract is up. But as far as Bellator goes... I just I shake my head at this one, especially because of who's headlining it. It's Tito Ortiz and Stefan Bonner. Who, uh, no way, nobody got time for that. <laughs> you know the funny thing is, is on I, I I know you saw my tweet to uh, our very own Nick Baldwin. Um, the kid is 14 years old. I'll give him that, but he has never seen Tito Ortiz fight. He has never seen Stefan Bonner fight live. That's just telling you where these guys have been for the past little while. That one of the guys who's been writing about the sport, who's 14 years old, doesn't know anything about either one of them. Yeah, although in the case of Tito, especially the later portion of his UFC career, Tito, the people's excuse, Ortiz, it's really not the worst thing in the world. I can't say as I blame him because it was loss, excuse, loss, excuse. Fluke win, loss, excuse. You know how it goes. Yeah, I'm surprised that we're only four days out or three and a half days out and this fight is still happening. So what are we going to pay? What is Tito's excuse for the loss going to be? You think he's going to lose? I have a sneaking suspicion he's got an excuse in his back pocket just in case. I really don't care who wins or loses this fight. It's a rare misstep from Scott Coker in the booking department. But uh, just to go with something absurd, my my guess for Tito's excuse, my bet is he's going to blame it on something like testicular torsion where his balls are literally twisted up. Or, or Jenna Jameson. Same difference. <laughs> the rest of the card is good, though. I'm very excited to see, obviously, our, our guest from last week, Nam Fan, take on Mike Richmond. That's going to be an exciting fight with both these guys throwing down. You know they both throw caution to the wind. That fight will be fun. Um, Michael Chandler is on the card, which is going to be fun as well. So they do have an exciting um, countercast. They do. They really do. And that's why it's just... It, my The gears of my brain seize up when I think of the fact that they've got great fights like that underneath Tito Ortiz and Stefan Bonner. It's It literally numbs the mind. Your, your mind just doesn't want to fire and work anymore. I really don't. I still, it boggles my mind that they want to put this card on the same day as the UFC, though. I agree. And you know what? If they wanted to be smart, Sunday. There's no wrestling pay-per-view on this upcoming Sunday. So why not? Exactly. You could have put it on on Sunday. You could have had pretty much a captive audience. I mean, yeah, there's some football, but it's never quite what is going to be airing on a Monday. And it's free. It would have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's talk UFC 180 then. I spoke about it with... uh, the two media members that I had on a few weeks back, Mike Bond and uh, Mark Raimondi, about this was the it, it was actually the day that Cain Velasquez pulled out of this fight and due to injury. And Mark Raimondi said that this was probably the worst thing to happen to the UFC this calendar year in terms of anything that happened. Do you, would you agree with that? I mean, the fact that Cain Velasquez pulled out of this first ever UFC Mexico card. 
Oh, of course it's a blow. I mean, if you listen to some people, like on uh, Bobby Rasek's Mexican fighter documentary, Kane's supposed to be some sort of Mexican combat sports messiah. But uh, just the very fact that he had to pull out, he was one of the coaches of the Ultimate Fighter Latin America. He is a Mexican-American, even though his Spanish is on par with mine. He was the drawing card. He's the big heavyweight. And the fact that he pulled out, it hurts. So you might be seeing a lot of scalpers outside of the arena there in Mexico City trying to unload tickets. But uh, I don't believe that we're really losing out on quality in the main event with Velasquez out. And Verdum does have better Mexican than than, uh, Velasquez did. We saw that in today's first UFC embedded episode. We saw that uh, Verdum spoke to the Mexican crowd in Spanish. So... His his uh, fluent language is that much better than than Cain Velasquez. And correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't uh, Verdum also do the Spanish color commentary for the UFC pay per view broadcast? You are correct. Like Cote. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just like Cote does the French for the stuff in Quebec. Exactly. Yeah. Now the co-main event, Jake Ellenberger, Kelvin Gastelum. I guess Gastelum is, I don't know, is he Mexican? I am not sure on that. Is he of Spanish heritage? There's something there. I, I, he has that sort of look. I guess he, he, he could pull it off. This fight is going to be fun. I'm not going to get your guess on it, but did, does it have co-main event status all over it? Yes, it does. People, people forget that Ellenberger has a history of wrecking up shop. I mean, remember what he did to Jake Shields? Yes, and I mean, yeah, Kelvin Gastelum is an up and comer. He's undefeated still. We'll see what Jake Ellenberger is able to do to him. Um, yeah. Another fun fight, featherweight division, Ricardo Lamas, Dennis Bermudez. Uh, lots of people sleeping on Lamas in this fight. Are you surprised by that? Not really. Not uh, not really, especially because Bermudez is now finally starting to get the hype train he deserves. I mean, this is a guy who, if he gets a win over Lamas, should be knocking on the door to a shot at Jose Aldo. Easily. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, how many more wins does a guy need to, to get a shot? I know. And the worst part is Bermudez isn't even a fitcher. You know what I mean? He's not a lay and pray kind of guy. He's not a grinder. He goes out there and he beats the piss out of you for however long it takes to win. Yeah, I know. it. It's crazy. Now, I want to talk about this before we get to your live unpopular opinions. The first two fights on the pay-per-view portion of the card are welterweight battles. I'm not even going to tell you who they are. Do you think it was wrong of the UFC not to put on the Ultimate Fighter Latin America finals as the first two fights on the main card? No, because it's a Fight Pass exclusive. I... I don't know anybody who watched it, to be honest. Do you? No, I, I don't. I didn't watch it myself. I tried to watch the first episode, and I, I couldn't stand the way they put the subtitles over top of guys' faces. Yeah, that's something that they have to work on. But at the same time, it was a regional tough. It's the same as tough China. If it wasn't for the fact that the UFC was trying so desperately to break into Latin America, this would have been a fight pass card. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. Well, with the way the the main card rounds itself out, there's really only three fights on the card overall. We have even in the undercard. What other fights on the undercard on the preliminary portion of the card other than the women's bantamweight fight between Jessica and Leslie Smith? To Nothing. To be honest, I took yeah exactly. I 
didn't see anything that really caught my eye. I mean, it's... I would actually rank the quality as below the UFC Fight Night 56 or whatever the one in Uberlandia was. And, oh, that was... I'm I'm that was, shocked that this women's fight isn't on the main card. It should be. You got Jessica I. She's got a fan following. And then you got Chick Diaz, Leslie Smith there. You know, how would she... You put her in a press conference. She is going to sell you some fights. Yeah, I know. All right, let's get right into your unpopular opinions. Then we'll come back with our picks for the main card of UFC 180. So start us off with your first unpopular opinion. Oh, yeah. This one, I'm seeing talk about this. You know how the UFC's got that big fan event next week? Everybody's invited, save the date, blah, blah, blah. I see people asking, oh, is it going to be Brock Lesnar? It's got to be Brock Lesnar. Kids, I'm going to tell you something. Brock Lesnar is still signed with the WWE. He has signed through WrestleMania. The WWE has very big plans for Brock. They're probably going to use him to build a new star, somebody who they want as their next top guy. So they're not going to let Brock go before WrestleMania. So you're not so if Brock's going to fight, don't expect an announcement until after April 2015. And otherwise, just relax. The UFC has a history of letting us down on these announcements. Well, they let it's us pro- down right right from the get-go with this announcement. I mean, everyone was expecting something huge when the UFC said save the date. I understand save the date because they're going to give us their full calendar. That makes sense. How long is this press conference going to be? Because, I mean, they're going to tell us their entire 2015 calendar. 2014 had something like 51 events. What's going to happen in 2015? This thing is going to be the longest press conference in UFC history. It could very well be, and you better hope and pray they get some entertaining people up there to help, because if they're just sticking John Anik up there, as much as I like the guy, it's going to bomb. Well, they told us that that you know some of the champions are going to be there. A lot of the people that uh, are from upcoming main events, like, uh, you know... Obviously, John Jones's opponent, Daniel Cormier, will be there. Chris Weidman's opponent, Vitor Belfort, will be there. These guys are all going to be at this event. And then there is that special announcement. Who knows what it's going to be? I've heard a lot of swirlings. You're saying, no, it's not going to be Brock Lesnar. Obviously, it's not. But I've heard the rumor going around is that it could be uniforms. What are your thoughts on that? I think it, it could very well be uniforms. That's not really a bad idea. Or if they really want to throw us for a loop, and personally, I would love this, live drug testing of Vitor Belfort. Right there, <laughs> he's on the stage. He can't pull a Vanderlei Silva and run it. I've got some things to say about Vanderlei Silva later. But my point stands. If they actually show people what a fighter has to go through for the full advanced drug testing, that could make the press conference. And. I'm sure you and I would both be laughing the whole way through. I have a feeling the special announcement has absolutely nothing to do with the UFC. We know what comes up in a couple weeks after this press conference, and that's Metamorris. I have a feeling that's what it's going to be. They're going to stream that live on UFC Fight Pass. That is my guess. I actually hadn't even thought about that, but it's... It's a good idea, or it's either that or they're buying out Invicta. I mean, the UFC does need a feeder league to develop the women's divisions, and, well, that's Invicta, and, of course, we've seen that uh, Shannon Knapp is more than willing to play the part of Dana White. I'd, I'd hate that. I, I love the fact that Invicta is streaming on, on UFC Fight Pass, but I love them as an entity of their own. 
That's true. And I I really believe that if Invicta is purchased, they should be kept separate the way Strike Force was, but use it as a proper developmental territory. You know, use it as your AAA league for the women to build them up. It makes it a lot easier and it helps them get used to fighting on a proper stage as opposed to a random hall in little India somewhere. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, could you see this being something along the lines of the WWE Network where the UFC does give us pay-per-views? Oh, I hope so. You have no idea. That would make life so much easier. Even if they offered a discount to Fight Pass subscribers, if they knocked it from fifty-four ninety-five down to 30 you know, just something that says, hey, we know that you're already giving us money. We appreciate that. We're going to give you a discount. Yeah. Or upping the ante for people who want the pay-per-views and, and charging them $20 a month rather than the $10 a month. I think that would make sense as well. It would. I'd pay it. I already pay for the Fight Pass. I think it's great. It's a hell of a lot better than paying for $15 a month to get Tier 3 cables for Sportsnet 360 just so you can watch the UFC cards on TV. Which they aren't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, through the end of the year, but you understand what I mean. But even after that, it's going to end up on one of those random TSN channels or maybe the Fight Network. Exactly. But then again, I support the Fight Network. Robin Black and John Ramdean and uh, John Pollock and all of them over there are doing some great work. All right. On to unpopular opinion number two. Oh, unpopular opinion number two. Why I want Mark Hunt to win. I know you're picking Verdoom. I read your counter move preview and... Everybody should, and they should also try and get in on our counter move game. You know, we do have a free roll, so get in on it, folks. But here's the thing you're forgetting. Fabrizio Verdum has quite literally some of the worst takedown statistics in the UFC heavyweight division. I'm looking at fight metric right now. He has 34% takedown accuracy, 38% takedown defense rate compared to Mark Hunt, who... While he throws a l less than half as many takedown attempts as Verdum, he still manages to land them 53% of the time. And despite all the crap that he's given about his wrestling, Hunt actually defends 72% of the takedowns thrown his way. So people who are thinking that it's going to be an easy time for Verdum, he's going to get the fight to the ground, they're sadly mistaken. It will be... I think it's going to be a striking battle, and because of the striking battle... I expect Hunt to win. I hope to see Hunt win because I want to see that jolly fat man, that Samoan Santa Claus of the UFC heavyweight division with the interim title attempting to be strapped around his waist. <laughs> do you, how do you see, obviously the only way Mark Hunt wins this fight is by knockout. Of course. And we know that Verdum can have his lights put out by someone with solid striking. We saw Junior Dos Santos do that early in JDS's career in the UFC, bouncing Verdum to strike force where he uh, rebuilt his name and uh, all of a sudden learned proper Muay Thai. But um, he's never faced a guy like Hunt. Nobody, you, yeah, you can't really prepare for a guy like Mark Hunt. Nobody, there's nobody really with his style. You either weather the storm or you don't. Dos Santos was able to weather that storm, but a lot of the UFC heavyweights, they can't. Look at Roy Nelson. He was so scared of Mark Hunt's striking, he tried to grapple for the first time in, I think, years. Yeah, and we've seen, I mean, we've seen Mark Hunt go five rounds with Antonio Bigfoot Silva. We know 
his gas tank is there. Whether it's great, it is still there. Verdum, on the other hand, who knows if this guy can go a full five rounds. His gas tank is a little bit in question. It is, and who knows how much energy he's going to expend making funny faces at the camera. <laughs> True. How do you see it playing out? Okay, if this guy does, if Mark Hunt does win the uh, UFC interim heavyweight championship, do you see him actually giving Cain Velasquez a run for his money? Because I think Verdum holds a little bit of a better chance in, in uh, MMA fighters' terms with um, Velasquez than Mark Hunt would. You're right on that, and if Hunt's going to beat Velasquez, it's going to have to be the same way Junior Dos Santos did. It's got to be early, early in the first round. And if that doesn't happen, it's going to be a long and bloody night for the Super Samoan. But let's not think about that. Let's just think about UFC 180 because (laughs) we're going to get a fantastic main event full of all the blood and violence that so many UFC fans adore. All right. Unpopular opinion number three. Wanderlei Silva trying to stick it to his former corporate masters by saying he's going to appear at a Bellator fan event before (laughs) their card on Saturday with uh, notable pariahs now, Hoyce Gracie, Frank Shabrock, and Randy Couture. I mean, just what is he thinking? I mean, after the whole thing with the X commentating with XFCI in Brazil and saying he'll fight Chael Sonnen there when he's still under UFC contract. And I would quite honestly, probably wouldn't even be licensed by the dubious Brazilian athletic commission. It's just further proof that the Nevada state athletic commission made the right decision by banning Vanderlei from competing for life. Because it wasn't just because of the drug testing. It was obviously for this man's future well-being because he's not all there anymore. He's he's gone. This is essentially a forced retirement. I'm, I am thankful for the Nevada State Athletic Commission for doing that because nobody wants to see Vanderlei Silva getting his brain rattled any more than it already has. The same way as we don't want to see Shogun getting his brain rattled the way it already has. But, yeah. He's he's just nuts, and people have to uh, realize that. But he's going to try and do crazy. But it wasn't just Vander, it wasn't just Vanderlei Silva though. I mean, Bellator put out this entire press release saying that he was going to be at the pre-fight event. Do you not give them a little bit of this as well? I mean, who is Bellator to say that he's going to come out and do this? That is absolutely crazy as well. Of course. Well, it's something that they would have had to have negotiated with him. And I think after they put that announcement out, the UFC's crack legal team got in touch with Vanderlei's representation. And now Vanderlei's been pulled off that event. So it's just going to be Shamrock, Couture, and Gracie. But. Oh, my goodness. Just that, the yeah, fact it's a that little got crazy. To, yeah, it is. And. You know, it it shows that maybe the UFC needs to be a little stronger in retiring guys. They have to be more willing to pull them in and have the Chuck Liddell come to Jesus meeting. Or they you should know, just let him. Saying. They should just let him go. Release Vanderlei Silva under the terms that he cannot sign with Bellator. You you can have a no compete clause, but the problem is that those things they have to have a limit to them. So how long do you make that? The average no compete clause is what ninety days to a year. 
So even they'd only be able to keep him out at most a year, I think. Anything longer, I would assume a court would uh, strike down as unenforceable. Yeah. Really, who cares at this point? <laughs> Yeah, just just the people who worship who worship Vanderlei, and there are those people, and I understand that he used to be a nice guy, but at this point, I'm just more worried about him because he's looking more and more like a case study in how not to run your career. There you have it, live unpopular opinions, folks, with Justin Piro. Let's get our UFC 180 picks. I'm pretty sure I know who you got for the main event. You're picking Mark Hunt because you just want him to win. Of course. Plus, I don't think he's getting taken down. And everybody's like, "Oh, he's going to be he's he's going to be submitted by Verdum." But no, Vai Cavallo does not have the takedown game to do that. Well, he got taken down by uh, Fedor and submit him from his back. So, I mean, there, there's that possibility as well if Mark Hunt decides to take him to the ground. That's true, but Mark Hunt, he's not that crazy. He's a little nuts, but he's not that crazy. True. And as far yeah. And Dana White the- Dana White put out the video of this is what you can see Mark Hunt doing, you know, the one where he said, Oh, people are sleeping on Mark Hunt. Remember he can do this. And it was three videos of walk on walk off knockouts. I mean, it was crazy. This guy can yeah. punch a guy and just walk away. Exactly. And he did it to Roy Nelson, a guy who hasn't who hadn't been finished by strikes since two thousand and six. So you have to recognize that if you sleep on Mark Hunt, you'll end up sleeping. Yeah, and by UFC 180 picks here, we're only going to go through those three top main card fights because I don't know any of these other guys. So yeah. we'll just talk about the co-main event now. Jake Ellenberger, Kelvin Gastelum. You were talking about Ellenberger being that guy that can disrupt streaks and whatnot. Are you picking him to win? Yes, I am. Uh, Gastelum, he's still developing. He's got his name because of tough, and he is a good fighter. But I just don't think he's going to pass the Ellenberger test at this point. I've got a feeling that uh, the guys at uh, Rain and MMA, and the, they're cross-training with Kings for their striking, so that means he gets his striking lessons from Rafael Cordero, Mr. Shootbox. Well, it, I don't see it ending particularly well for Kelvin. He He's a tough kid, but he's... Just not ready yet. I, I, this fight is such a toss up for me. It's, it's sort of a flip of the coin because I actually, on our predictions piece, I'm going to make a prediction, but I can't really do it until after the weigh ins because I don't know which Kelvin Gastelum is going to show up to this. We've seen him have weight issues before. He says he's not going to for this fight. He didn't hire Mike Dolce, which I think is, is a worry for me since Dolce helped him get down to 170 to begin with so in my head right now i am picking ellenberger to win i'm not sure how i think he's going to grind him out i think he's going to be that bull that just charges forward which we haven't seen in his last few fights but uh yeah i think ellenberger is going to take it because gaslam is not you know he's not going to have the greatest of weight cuts having to make a lifestyle change if he's going to have easier weight cuts to welterweight exactly all right well the final fight we'll talk about before i let you go here justin is Ricardo Lamas versus Dennis Bermudez. Who you picking and how? Bermudez, I think he's going to get a late round TKO. Lamas is tough, but I think this is Bermudez's time, and I think he'll be fighting Jose Aldo in 2015. Great pick. I, I'm picking the same. I think Dennis Bermudez, but I think he's going to go the full three rounds. I think it's going to be a unanimous decision victory. Yes, Lamas is tough. 
Yes, Lamas has earned his way up there to uh, the upper echelon of the 145-pound division. But he's going to be taken down a notch by Dennis Bermudez in this fight. And I think he's going to be able to grind away a victory, whether it's nasty, dirty, ugly, or whatnot. Yep, but a win is a win, and that's what counts. That it does. Justin, thanks for joining me today for your live unpopular opinions. That was fun. I got to get my two cents in on those things, as well as uh, your UFC 180 breakdown and fight picks. Just let people know where they can find you in the social media universe. As I always say, I want to hear your complaints and grievances. Hit me up on Twitter at Stormland Brand or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Stormland. All right, thanks for having me, Jeremy. For sure. This time you can't say back to you, Jeremy. I am right here, and uh, we'll be getting right into my interview coming up right after this with Josh Johnsey. All right, looking forward to it. No, this guy isn't an MMA fighter, but he has trained with his fair share of them. He won via knockout at Glory 18 this past weekend in Oklahoma. Please welcome Josh Johnsey to Sucker Radio. Josh, thanks for joining me today, man. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Now, first off, congratulations on the latest victory. How did it feel to finish such a talented fighter like No? Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, it was nice. It, it, it felt just nice having a, a knockout in Glory, which was, you know, that's a big thing. Um you know, because really everyone on their roster is, is amazing fighters, right? So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I'm really happy about that. And I noticed that you posted on your Facebook page today the latest Glory rankings. Um, moved up the rankings after this victory. Just just sort of speak about that. Yeah, I, I did not expect it to go up to number 11. Um, I mean, I was 17th before, and I know there was a lot of guys, there was a few guys ahead of me that, I didn't really think they deserved to be there because they didn't really face very hard opponents or anything. Um, so I'm glad to be above them now. But I didn't expect to be at number 11. I thought maybe 12 maximum. <laughs> so it's nice to see that I'm so close to breaking the top 10, which is crazy. Yeah, especially at just 21 years of age. I mean, you've been immersed in the sports, sport of kickboxing since a very young age. Um, just explain your upbringing and how you got to where you're at today. Uh, I was, yeah, like you said, I was, um, I've always been in the gym, right? Like my dad, he's had a gym ever since I was, since before I was born. Um, he had a gym in, in England called Cobra Gym. And, uh, and when we moved here, he also, he, he went into partnership with World Kickboxing and eventually it just became his alone. So, yeah, I've, I mean, I've always been brought up in the gym and constantly just been around the sport. Um, well, we, my dad started teaching us little things, me and my brother, um, you know, kickboxing here and there when we were little. And both of us decided that it's what we liked, it's what we wanted our life to be, to be about, really. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just sort of been a natural progression since then, since we were kids, um, fighting and training. And, and now this is where, yeah, this is where it's brought me to. And I hope it goes to the top, you know. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a day job, or, or is it just teaching and training? No, just teaching and training. Um, like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I teach at Revolution uh, two days a week. I teach a, uh, in Langley, I teach a ladies' class and an all-levels class. Um, I do that on Tuesday, Thursday. And then I teach at WKX on, uh, on Friday, Friday evenings at 6 o'clock. Um, other than that, it's just personal trainings and, yeah, 
living at my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> now you've fought for glory for glory twice. You've beaten both combatants who both seem to be much more experienced than you. Is there someone on your mind that you'd like to fight next? And, and when would you like to get back inside the ring? If I could fight, I, I told them I was ready for glory 19 on December 19th. What was their reaction? Um, they said, they said if, if there's a spot, then great. Um, I know that usually they, they have their, uh, they have their events planned out, you know, a month or two in advance and usually the cards finalized. But maybe there'll be a dropout and maybe I can pop in. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I, I like to fight a lot. And since I've gone pro, I haven't really had the chance to fight more than two or three times a year, you know, um, which is a bit of a pity. I mean, I, I haven't really experienced much ring rust, but still it's nice to be a little bit more active. You know, at least, you know, minimum four times a year would be nice. Minimum. For so, sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they were pleased to hear that I was ready for it. And because it was such a quick fight, I didn't, I don't really have any injuries. The only thing is I've got a bit of a cold that I'd like to get over. But uh, that's it. Will you uh, petition to get yourself on the main card? Because, I mean, it would be pretty sweet to tell your friends at home up here in BC to to tune in on Spike TV, would it not? Oh, 100%. I, I, I think I don't have to petition anymore anyways. I think I've made my, I think I've made my, my presence known in glory. Um, they want, I'm pretty sure the executives are for glory really on Spike now. Um, I don't, because I'm, I'm not the type of guy to just, I don't just fight for the win. I realize that this is a sport, and I think every fighter needs to understand this, that this is an entertainment thing, and we need to entertain. And, and I don't just mean by a fancy entrance or, a, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, you have to fight entertaining, you know? You have to, you have to be an exciting fighter in order to go anywhere in these sports, and I make sure I am. Definitely, and you've done that your whole career. I mean, I've seen highlight footage of you online. You're from here in BC, so I've caught you a few times on some of the local shows. We'll talk about that a little later. But um, were you able to catch the main event at Glory 18, and how cool was it to to see the lightweight championship bout, which is the weight class that you're fighting to get to the top of? Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Um, so, I mean, since I've gone, since I've become pro, and since I've you know been to Holland, like that, I have seen a a lot of top level fights, which is it's just crazy to see in real life how fast and how hard these guys hit in real life. Um, but it was nice to see the the lightweight championship. Uh, I really like Van Rosemalen. He's from the same town that I, I lived in when I was in Holland. So, you know, we had something to talk about, which is cool, and he's a super, super nice guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to see these guys that I'll be fighting soon. Um, it's a bit scary, I'm not going to lie. I mean, these, guys, these guys hit hard, man. And they're fast and they're really good, but you know, I've I've thought that about every single one of my opponents so far. That you know, I've I've been legit scared of a lot of them, you know. And it's I guess I don't know. I guess I can hold my own with most of them. And um, and the better I get, the easier it's going to be to hold my own with them. What's that feeling like? I'm, you say that you're legitimately scared. I saw that. That uh, pre-fight interview with you with uh, liver kick in your bed in the hotel room. Um, is yeah. that just sort of to calm yourself down? I mean, because you're saying you're legitimately scared going into this. Well, I, well, I mean, not to take anything away from this last opponent. I didn't feel as, as uh, I was worried, of course, but I didn't feel the same feeling I felt, say, before Steveman or something like that. Because, like, with Steveman, he was a guy that I've been watching since I was a young, like, I've been young. 
watching him fighting in K1 and qualifying for K1. He's just a guy that I've been watching for a long time, and he's a he's a hard fighter, you know. And um, so when I fought Silverman, yeah, I was a, I was actually a, a legit scared for you know for a little bit. But um, it's, I think I fight better like that. You know, I don't fight stupid, and I fight quite smart. And um, I end up being able to pick my opponents apart better. Uh, with, with the the thing in the bed, I mean, for that I was just I was relaxing at the time, and I interviewing. His name's Carlo. He's a fighter from my gym, and he he got the chance to actually do the press. Well, he actually got a press pass from Liverkick for Glory, so he was able so he was able to uh, to film me. And obviously, he was, <laughs> the other fighters weren't going to let him in that room. Yeah. But for me, I didn't mind. He's my buddy, so I didn't mind. Nice. Now you legitimately scared. You said you fight smarter when you're like that. Um, this last fight, you said you weren't scared. So. Did you sort of throw a little bit out of the window? You didn't fight as smart as you thought you could have. Uh, yeah, I think so. I got caught like in the first in the first round. I got I wobbled him, and I sort of jumped in and I got caught with a couple punches myself. I did not feel nice. Um, I think uh, I think I, I could have uh, maybe fought a little bit smarter the first round um, and broken broke down a bit more. Uh, but it's um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not that I wasn't. I didn't, you know, respect this guy or anything. I definitely did. I knew he had power. Um, I just, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I didn't, I didn't see him in the same light as I saw Steven, for example. Okay. Now, word is the next challenge for Ren, Van uh, Roosmelen's belt is a lightweight contender tournament. Not that you're going to get into that tournament, but who knows? You never know. Maybe injury, something like that. How long do you, in your mindset, think it will be until you're ready to jump into a tournament? For the tournament, um, I uh, uh, it depends. I mean, if they were to have it later next year, I think I could be ready by then. Um, I, I plan on going to Holland to train a little bit early this year, or sorry, early next year, 2015, um, and just sharpen up a little bit more. But I, from the way things are going and how quickly things are going, which I didn't expect them to go so quickly, but how quickly they are going, I would, I could see myself possibly in a contender tournament by next year. Have they spoken um, to you about that at all? No, they haven't. They haven't said it. But I mean, the fact that I'm that I'm 11th, and if I can beat a top 10 guy, or, or even if they put me just against a guy who's just below me, I don't know who. I don't know how exactly they match. But um, if I beat them, I'll be in the top 10. And once you're in the top 10, basically anything can happen. Nice. All right, let's talk some MMA. We are an MMA podcast. You spoke earlier. You teach at Revolution Fight Team in Langley. Um, from these younger cats, we've we've seen these guys grow in the sport locally, uh, Battlefield Fight League, whatnot. We just saw Jared Ravel um, win his fight. Craig uh, McLean won his fight this past weekend as well. With these young guys, what's the biggest technical mistake that you see most regularly in MMA striking? Hmm. Okay. Everybody is different. You know, everyone's every everyone has little things that I. I think to be worked on. I think a big thing with MMA is balance. I think uh, a lot of guys don't they don't have uh, they don't think about their balance enough when they're just striking. Maybe when they're wrestling and stuff, but not when they're just striking. And I and uh, I think that's a really big part of it. And just footwork in general. You know, you see a lot of guys running in with punches rather than having their hands and their feet actually working together and, ha- and thinking of be conscious of their, their feet while they're punching. 
Um, I think it gets. I think the way people are sometimes a bit sloppy with their with their feet, and it gets them. They they end up running into a takedown or running into a punch, you know, rather than being able to set up something else from their combination. And so that's what you teach when you're teaching these uh, these MMA fighters. You're trying to teach them those those little things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, a punch. I like. I, I'm, I'm a very when I'm teaching people. I don't know if it gets on their nerves or not, but I can be really, really critical and technical. Um, that's a good thing, though. It, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's uh, it's good because for, it actually helps me because I'm while I'm drilling this in their head, I'm drill, try, drilling it in my own head too, and. I have to lead by example, right? So if I'm getting sloppy, I can't be telling these guys to stay sharp. You know, I have to be sharp myself. So it helps me a lot as well. But yeah, I do. I um, I really drill those type of things. You know, making sure their hands and their feet are working together. Um, combinations. I know. I understand that combinations are different in MMA than they are kickboxing. Um, I have. I you know. I've sparred with the small gloves in Uniao in Brazil, and I know how different it is to get hit by those gloves and kind of throw a, a, a combination that you would. In kickboxing with MMA gloves, it just doesn't work sometimes. But um, but it is possible to throw better combinations and still throw your low kicks without being so worried about getting, getting taken down if you're throwing them properly or adapting them. All right, you led right into my next question. You have trained with the world-renowned Nova Uniao in Brazil with the likes of UFC featherweight champion Jose Aldo. Um, did training with him and, and the other guys at that gym ever give you the itch to jump into the cage and fight MMA? Oh, for sure. I was thinking about doing it this year. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, before before I got asked by Glory to do this event that I just did, um, I thought I was going to... I didn't think I was going to have any more fights this year. I thought it was going to be... I was going to have one fight this year, so I was getting prepared to maybe ask some local MMA uh, things if they wanted to maybe have me on their show. Uh, this fight ended up coming around, so I didn't need to do that but i was prepared to it for it um as an amateur no i can't do amateur i'm pro okay so i was gonna jump right in try to do a pro fight uh i don't know i guess it's it's not if, if i'm honest mma isn't my ideal thing to do i don't you know i don't necessarily like i don't necessarily i don't dislike it but i i prefer to kickbox of course you know it's still but, it's it could still be in the future though yeah i mean i'm a fighter and this is how I make my living, and this is what I love to do. And it would be sort of fun to turn up as a kickboxer and win, you know? Yeah, and I think it'd be fun for us watching, too. I think so, too. I think it'd sell a lot of tickets around here, especially. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd have, have to brush up on my on my takedown defense, maybe a little bit of ground stuff. Not to say I haven't already. But um, I think I could surprise a few people, I think, it'd, and I think it'd just be fun. And, you know, even if I didn't, whatever, it was a bit of fun, and it doesn't go on my kickboxing record anyways. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So with Glory, are you're um you're not signed contractually down to um just fight with them. You would be able to fight an MMA fight outside of Glory. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, so far, every every fight I've done has just been one fight contract. You know, it hasn't been like multiple fights or anything like that. So uh, until they give me an, unless they give me an exclusive contract, which not many kickboxing organizations are known for doing. It's not my you know. It's just, just maybe rival kickboxing organizations that wouldn't be able to fight for, but um, yeah, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't have to worry about that. I don't think. Now we know the guys at Nova Uniao are known for their leg kicks. You train with 
some lethal strikers down there, some good strikers up here at home too. Who's the hardest kicker you've ever trained with? Trained with? Yeah. Mm. I'm sure a guy in Holland. <laughs> yeah. Um, at my weight class or not? No, just trained with in general. Okay. Uh, I used to train in, in Holland with this kid. He was, he was my age. He's a B-class fighter. His name is Ryan Van Arkel. Um, he's not really training so much right now, but he was about 185. And, man, I've never felt low kicks like that before. <laughs> never in my life. Like, I would be holding the, like the, low, like the, the kick shield sort of thing, and he was a southpaw, and he would, he would kick. And I, those times where we were training, and it was sort of leading up to a fight, and uh, my, my trainer in Holland, Andy Sauer, had to take the pad from me. He was like, no, 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 you kicked out. You shouldn't be taking these kicks, even if they ask you the pad. <laughs> like, like, this kid kicked. Hard. I watched a tournament with him fight in Germany, and he defeated all three opponents that night, all by low kick. Wow. Yeah. So in your yeah. early days, you fought locally here on some of the Jerry Gianco fight cards. Um, what was it like fighting on those cards, and, and do you sort of miss, I mean, obviously you're fighting at the professional ranks um, in front of millions on TV, but what was it like fighting on those cards and in front of your own hometown crowd? It was nice. Um, you, you have a different feeling going into it, you know, a, a different sort of, a different sort of confidence, you know. Like you notice back in those days, I would dance to the ring, and uh, and all that stuff, you know. And this and nowadays, I, I don't know if I want to dance to the ring, you know. Like, <laughs> it's a bit different. You know? um, the stakes are so, so much higher. But um, yeah, it was no, it wasn't. I mean, back at that time, I didn't like it. Because I thought it was just such small potatoes, but now it's like, well, yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't mind fighting back at home again because I've got a lot of friends and a lot of family who who want to come fight, watch me fight, want to come support me, but they just can't afford it. Fly wherever I'm going to. So yeah, and I, and there is people who are flying to come to the team, so it's, it's really appreciated. Yeah. Do you? But, um, sorry, go on. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. It's just so yeah, I would I would like to fight at home sometime soon. Maybe it'd be nice, but. Yeah, back then it was nice fighting on those little events. It was, it was, it was good for, and it, yeah, it was good for me. Do you think glory and or kickboxing could do well, not just here in Vancouver, but in Canada? Yeah, big time. They they just need. I think actually they don't need the stars. We have, have there's, there's uh, Joseph Altolini who's the champion right now. He's the welterweight champion, and there's Gabriel Varga who I'm sure is going to, is going to become the featherweight champion, and then there's. Um, Simon Marcus, who's also a big star, and he's been well-known in, in Muay Thai and kickboxing for a long time now. And then there's Robert Thomas, who's coming through as well. He just, he just broke into top 10 at number 9 um, in glory as well. And then there's So I feel like Canada has got a lot of potential, and if not the most potential out of maybe even Holland, uh, in glory at this moment, like for, for stars coming up. I mean, I was in the top one in kickboxing. But, I don't know, Canada's looking good right now. Maybe you need I mean, to talk to Glory about the, getting them to come up here then. <laughs> oh, I, I, don't, I don't need to talk to them, man. They're already, they're, they're already chucking it around a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just have you, If you look on liverkick.com, on uh, my post-fight interview, they, have, um, they actually ended up filming some of the executives talking about it, which I don't know if that was all right, but it happened. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> 
And yeah, I mean, they're thinking about it, man. Like, it's just a matter because this is the problem at the moment. Kickboxing and Muay Thai is in Canada. Pro, pro kickboxing and Muay Thai is illegal in Canada at the moment. It's ridiculous, but pro MMA and pro boxing is fine. But pro kickboxing and Muay Thai is illegal because they forgot to put it in the bill when they were passing it. Oh, jeez. Just because it's not current. But the only reason why it's not by any... Um, I mean, you can't you can't do MMA without doing kickboxing or, or Muay Thai. So, yeah. and, and with MMA, you're doing it with tiny gloves. So it's not by any um, safety things. It's just they messed up. So I think it just needs something or you know an organization organization like Glory to come by and give them a reason to change the bill. All right, finally, um, two more questions for you. Moving away from kickboxing and fighting altogether, let's talk your mustache. This thing <laughs> is a thing of beauty. It's well, it's it's mixed in with the beard there as well. But come the end of November, is this thing going to be gone, or are you going to continue with that that fancy yeah, little this, mustache this, of yours? This is in November. This is in November. I've uh, I had I had this going in the summer, and then I don't know why I did it, but I shaved it and regretted my life, <laughs> and then uh, I naked and started in August. I started growing it again, and. Uh, and for some reason, I keep going to barbers and ruining it. So I've decided to stop going and just throw it out and do it myself. But uh, no, this is this is goes this is going to go longer than November if I can if I can bear it. And um, yeah, my mind changes like every five minutes about the beard and mustache. One minute I love it, one minute I hate it. Okay, I got the mustache going right now myself. I really want it to grow so I can curl it at the ends like yours. I've spoken to to Ian McCall about this, the MMA fighter, Uncle Creepy. He's got a pretty damn good mustache himself. And he says the key to it is patience and getting it worked in. Uh, What's your tips on uh, curling the ends? Do you trim the middle and stuff? No, no. Mine mine just seems to like, mine mine doesn't curl on its own, but I don't need wax or anything to actually curl it. Like, I just sit there while I'm watching TV and sort of just twirl it and, and twist it, and it seems to just stay up. So Lucky I'm, son of a bitch, eh? I know. It, it, it must be the, the curliness of my my facial hair or something. I don't know what it is, but it seems to work. It's funny that you mentioned Ian McCall because the photographer who was taking the photos for Glory for our photo shoot, he just did a photo with Ian McCall, um, sort of like, a, like an old-time And uh, he showed me it, and we took some of our own. I think they, they might emerge sometime as well. <laughs> nice Pretty that's cool. awesome now finally um you said you used to dance for your walkouts you did have some elaborate walkouts back in the day with awesome dancing give our listeners yeah. your top three dance tracks that they should go out right now and download oh, huh. current ones are ones that i've used before just ones huh. you've used before something that's on your mind something that they should listen to that'll get them moving hmm. well the last Oh, no, sorry. One of the first ones I can remember using, which I thought, I actually used it for quite a few fights. Me and my brother used it. It was Dance With Me by Dizzy Rascal, Dizzy Rascal and Calvin Harris. And it's, it's quite a few years old now, but that, that will get you moving for sure. Um, hmm. What's another one? Some of the other ones were a bit more, I don't know. <laughs> I can't really, cause I, I've, I changed the, I've changed them around quite a lot. I've always wanted to find one entrance song. Kind of like how um, how Krokop always had like one entrance song that yep. he always did and it became like a uh, like a I've always wanted to do that, but I keep getting bored of it, so I can't do it. 
Um, what was your latest song? My latest one called. Oh shit! What's it it's um, kind of, it wasn't so dancey, but it was more of like a menacing one. And I had my brother add uh, my name in Japanese, like they screaming it in Japanese. It's called oh, Elephant. Nice. It's called Elephant by Vestige. And it was, um, yeah, that was a good one. It sounded really good. The bass was, that's what I need. I need a hard bass and, um, and a hard drop. And that's what gets me going. Nice. He I is Glory Kickboxing's Josh Johnsey. Josh, just let our listeners know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe, as well as if you have any shout-outs, now's the time. Um, yeah, with social media, I, I have Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both is Johnsey, J-A-U-N-C-E-Y, 9-3. Um, yeah, that's Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, just search Josh Johnsey. And there's my, my athlete page is there. Um, on that, I'm always, you know, I'm always posting things to do with fights and, and all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, yeah, give it a like. It'd be nice. Um, as far as shout outs, um, yeah, just, just everybody who's, just, especially everyone, the local press and stuff. So thank you for everyone, all you guys who staying supporting me. I know lots of you are MMA fans, but you still, you still, you know, support me, and I really enjoy that. And I really, well, I appreciate it. Um, other than that, just yeah, thanks to WKX. You know, all the guys at WKX. My, teaching and or sorry training and helping me train um my family is always 100 percent behind me everything we do is for the win um my manager and trainers in holland you know andy sour eddie coutinho the team sour and thank you guys for having me on the show i really appreciate it josh it's been a pleasure man it's been awesome 25 minutes i could actually talk to you for much longer but uh don't want to drag the show on that much um thanks yeah, a lot anytime. Definitely, we will have you on again, and hopefully, we get to see you locally, if not locally, in Canada sometime in the not so distant future. Yeah, I hope so too. And uh, yeah, I think if the Canadians get on a glory show here, we're going to put on a really, really good event. Awesome, Josh. Thanks a lot. No worries. Thank you. There you have it. Josh Johnsey out of uh, British Columbia. This guy is a local phenom. Not just a local phenom, but a phenom. In kickboxing, the guy won at Glory 18 this past Friday night by knockout. He jumped up to 11th in the world in the lightweight division for kickboxing. This is just amazing. Um, and he, he, he's only 21 years old. So as I say, a local phenom, not only. This guy is a phenom of the sport of kickboxing. You got to keep your eyes on him. If you don't know who he is, check out Josh Johnsey. Google the name, YouTube the name. The guy has plenty of highlight reels, so you'll find him there. Up next, Justin Pirro returns with UFC 180's Fight Boozin'. Hey everyone, it's me, Justin Pirro, back for more Fight Boozin'. To help you choose the brews for when you watch the pay-per-views. And so, UFC 180's coming up. And with Cain Velasquez originally in the main event, I thought to get something Mexican, you know, maybe some mezcal. But, we got Mark Hunt. We got Mark Hunt now. And quite frankly, that gave me an idea and a far, far better range of things to choose from because New Zealanders like beer 
And uh, I've discovered a great brewery from New Zealand called Moa. And I tried a couple of things. They had a Belgian triple called St. Joseph's. And they've also got a Southern Alps White IPA. And what I want to recommend is the Southern Alps White IPA. 6.4% ABV. And of course, made with some of my favorites, those Citra Hops, along with the Nelson Sauvin. It's got a Vienna and Pale Wheat Malts, and uh, you're going to love this. They use uh, Belgian Ale Yeast, and it gives this a nice taste somewhere between a Belgian Wheat Beer, that's a white ale, uh, something similar to a Hefeweizen. So if you need a more mainstream idea, think of Rickard's White and an IPA, and Quite honestly, it's delicious. You also get a hint of coriander in there because, well, why not? Coriander is actually a very nice flavor to add to a beer like this. The citra hops give it the right bit of citrusy bite, and it's not overly hoppy. Unfortunately, you're going to have to go to a specialty liquor store if you're going to want to track this down a premium liquor store so you may have to make a special order for this or do as i do and go to your preferred premium liquor store of choice me i went to brewery creek here in vancouver and i'm sure you can find something with moa not too far from you all right We'll be back next month for UFC 181, but until then, keep calm and drink on. Awesome, as always, another edition of Fight Boozin'. Thank you to Justin Puro for doing that. Thank you to him for joining me earlier in the show to break down UFC 180, go over it, talk about it, um, talk about his live unpopular opinions. I know I kept saying that, this is a live edition of Unpopular Opinions, because usually he records them. I throw them into the show, and it's pretty cool. So thank you to him for joining me earlier in the show. Thank you to Josh Johnsey. Um, this guy, 25 minutes. I could have spoken to him for much longer. I know it wasn't an MMA interview, but the guy was a lot of fun to talk to. Um, if you do not follow him on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, you must, because not only does he post cool crap, but he also has one of the best mustaches in the game. Obviously, Ian McCall is right up there, but Josh's mustache game is on point. So check it out. Um, follow him over there. He, he told you his Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter accounts earlier in the show. With that, we said, yes, it's UFC 180 Fight Weekend, but it's also World Series of Fighting 15, as well as Bellator 131. So we have an action-packed weekend for you um, of UFC action. Make sure you... Head on over to MMASucka.com for all the features this week. We'll have, we already have your counter move preview up, so head on over there. Check out the counter move preview for UFC 180 and get in on the tournament before it fills up. As well as we have a feature on Nam Fan breaking down his return to the cage on a big stage at Bellator. You can check that out. I wrote an article with some of his comments from uh, his interview last week. Also, uh, check out, you know, we're going to have predictions. We're going to have everything for UFC 180 as well up on the site. So, you know, MMASucker.com is the place to be when it comes to mixed martial arts. So head on over there. 
Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MMA Sucka. Follow us on Twitter at MMA Sucka. You can catch me on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. And uh, that's about it. With that, I'm out.